Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've got grade school questions and a million dollars to give away. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Let's go. Get ready. One of the most popular game shows of all time is coming to Audio Up as a podcast. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buckle up for an unfiltered dose of comedy. Full disclosure, I've had a lot of sex, but honestly, having sex with me is like buying a Prius. It's much quieter than you'd expect. Epics presents Unprotected Sets. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Dream Hotel in Hollywood, California, this is Lips LA. Hey guys, welcome to the show. You are listening to Scott Lips, and this is Lip Service. Today on the show, we have Lily, the band. Lily uh, with two eyes, actually. Lily of four Los Angeles teenagers hailing from the San Fernando Valley. Not a lot of bands that I know about that are from the Valley, but uh, excited to have these guys here on the show today. Alternative Rock with a frantic live show. Their live show is not to be missed. They have uh, an incredible thing going on. They're one of the bands that's really holding down the fort right now for rock and roll. I feel pretty strongly that they are one of the bands breaking now in alternative rock and rock and roll. And there aren't that many of them, let's be honest. These days, it's hard-pressed to find many rock and roll bands. So excited to chat with these guys about their history, which isn't that vast because they are a new band, and the future. They're working on a full-length record right now. Um, And coming up in just a moment, Lily the Band. This is Lips L.A. Hey guys, the show is brought to you today by Nothing New. If you know the folks at Thursday's Boots, they've now come out with a brand new sneaker line called Nothing New, which is actually launching this Thursday, June 27th. And the brand, the whole brand is actually centered around the idea of sustainability and style. So it's really cool. These are sneakers that I love, kind of reminiscent of a, a Converse style sneaker. Really, really cool. But more importantly, they're all sustainable. They're, the uppers are made about 100% post-consumer recycled plastics which is amazing. Um, They have about six low-top and six high-top colors to choose from. At Nothing New is the Instagram website, nothingnew.com. Really excited to be brought to you by these sneakers today. Love this product. Go out and buy them. Big fan. And uh, stay tuned for the guys in Lily. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show today. We got the boys from Lily in the house. What's up, guys? Hey. Hello. Lily with two eyes, right? Yeah. yeah. Because it was, was there a band with Lily with one eye? There's a, I know Most there's a band definitely. called, there's a band called the Lilies. Oh, the Lilies. Okay. Yeah. I think they were like kind of nineties, late nineties, early two thousands. Ah, right. Okay. Well, we're missing Sam. Yes. So, yes. um, hi Sam, wherever you are. I think Sam has strep throat, but we got Dylan, Max and Charlie. Um, you guys are young, by the way. How old yeah. are you guys? Uh, we're all twenty. The three of us are yeah. twenty. He Amazing. turns Charlie turns twenty one in a month. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, um, welcome to the show. I want to talk about your recent success. It's pretty cool. I mean, you guys were playing like house parties and whatever yeah. into playing festivals now from Bonnaroo to Lollapalooza. It's got to yeah. be pretty exciting. And I don't know if you know, but I'm one of the guys holding the flag for rock and roll. So um, <laughs> I love that you guys are playing rock and roll. It's definitely my roots and uh, where I come from. And, and I feel like I was reading uh, something about you guys, and I, I love this description. It, it says, um, their music is the sound of a gang of teenagers kicking the shit out of every room they play, which I think <laughs> is such a great description because I've seen clips of you guys live. Um, 
Shaq, who works with you guys, has definitely uh, uh, invited me to come see you guys, and I'm going to come to the next week for sure. It's a f- sort of this amazing kinetic energy that you guys have live, which is incredible. Seems like everyone's almost like moshing. There's almost mm-hmm. like a mosh pit thing going on there, and uh, just an incredible live show from what I've seen. I want to get into all that stuff. I think the process of where you guys started to now is super interesting. So I want to talk about how you guys started, how you started playing, and you know how you guys got together to the fact that you guys are a new rock band playing Bonnaroo, playing festivals, touring with the likes of Weezer and things like that, and you know Spotify, rock playlist, the picture, the headline picture, and all that, which is pretty exciting. You guys have to be kind of psyched being 20, right? Because yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah. when did you start playing at like 15? When, when did you guys start? Um, uh, I think I could uh, speak for a few of us. Sure. We, we, uh, we'll speak for Sam, too. Cause he's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, me and Max, we, we met when we were... Like around six or seven. Wow, uh, so real at, early. Yeah, at, yeah, at a music yeah. program, and um, I think I think we all around somewhat that age st- started taking music a little more seriously than at others. Seven, not 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 seven, maybe like seven through ten. Okay, that's possibly. still pretty impressive because most yeah. people don't start till you're a little <laughs> bit later in life. <laughs> it sounds so crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but, but um, yeah, but yeah, it was it was. Um, it was definitely something that we all kind of grabbed onto a little, little harder than others. So, um, so this was a music school that you guys attended together. Yeah, or a music program or school. It's a program. Program. Okay. Yeah. And had you always like when you were a kid, you guys were obviously you're, you're still <laughs> relatively young. But we, were there bands that was it Nirvana? Was it James Addiction? Like what were the bands growing up that you guys were, when you were kids? You were like, this is what I want to do because I've been hearing these bands and this is like the dopest shit. Um, I think for me personally, I know, I think we all have our own story with that. Yeah. I think for me personally, my, uh, my cousin is in a band called the Walkman. Oh, sure. And so uh, we, I, Matt had the on, I had Albert from the Strokes on the other Hello. day. Oh, wow. And we were talking about the Walkman, how yeah. they're sort of this unsung New York City band that like, yeah. you know, always people refer to as one of the cooler mm-hmm. tastemaker bands in New York, but never quite had the commercial success of like the Strokes or Interpol because yeah. I also had Interpol on the show too. Maybe I was talking to Paul Banks of Interpol about the Walkman, oh, oh, one of the two bands yeah. I was talking about. But um, that's great. So that's kind of, is that what yeah. inspired you initially early yeah, on? Yeah, so actually funny too, Peter Matthew Bauer, also from yeah. the Walkman, is our manager. Oh, right. <laughs> Which is kind so of he's in the band? In the <laughs> is, he, is Peter in the Walkman? Yeah. yeah oh, wow, was, okay. Uh, Piano, he bass, had, he guitar. He had a weird role in the Walkman. <laughs> yeah. He started off on bass, and I think they switched him to piano, <laughs> and they switched him back to bass. And then did a guitar. Yeah, and then did a guitar. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Well, you, sometimes you hear about the keyboardist playing guitar. and yeah. 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 And then anyways, I just, since he was my cousin, I just, my dad would always play the Walkman, and I would always go to shows, and I was like really young, and yeah. watch him play. And he was, you know, now too, I mean, I like a lot of drummers, but yeah. there's no one that really like inspires me. Like he does. Because the, cause drumming-wise, me being a drummer, obviously, I love the sort of syncopation mm-hmm. that you have. And, and it sort of reminds me a little bit of, like, remember that band, The Bravery? A little bit. I don't know if you oh remember that. Oh, my God. Uh, but what, what song did they have? Uh, they had a bunch of songs. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but kind of like The Walkman yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Sort of like a syncopated, almost like a dance beat, I want to say. And then you yeah. guys also have this sort of punk element to what you're doing, which I love. Um, but yeah, it reminds me, I don't know if you kind of almost like an eighties or nineties reference, mm-hmm. right? So I guess that's sort of where was yeah. the Walkman a band that really inspired you growing up? Yeah. Just listening to it a lot, I guess, you know, when I'm in the house, my dad would always put on the records and, you know, I'd go whenever they'd come to LA and they were touring and I would see shows and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was a lot of just my dad playing music in the car and I would just be listening to it. So like stuff like Nirvana and Chain Addiction and Stone Temple Pilots and stuff, but yeah, so, yeah, so a lot of grunge, yeah, grunge a lot of movie, yeah. Grunge, it's, yeah, it's dad rock. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking on his reference, he looks exactly like his cousin when he drums. That's fine. Yeah, like the pe- people always say, like he looks like a like a mini Matt. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. That that's his Matt you know, Eric. It's almost the the syncopation <laughs> of the of the music has almost a, a um a drum machine vibe to it, which is very cool because yeah. it's almost like a loop, mm-hmm. which a lot of people like. That's sort of a, a reference to the music. It has this sort of a, a, a hypnotic sense to the to where the groove goes, right? Versus being yeah. like a, a band like the Black Keys, where it's sort of like loose and all over the place. There's a 
this kind of hypnotic motion to what you guys are doing mixed with like punk elements and alternate rock elements that makes it very unique sounding, which is great. So I want to talk about, so how did you guys meet? You met obviously in school, but then how did you come into the picture? Because there's... Um, I, I met Max our freshman year of high school. We both went to a Catholic <laughs> boys' school. Yeah, what was that like? It was uh, well. I left after a year. <laughs> okay, I, mean, I, I just unfortunately stayed. He stayed. But, <laughs> okay, he stayed. But uh, yeah, there was a music theory class that they offered, and there was like ten kids that signed <laughs> up for it. And Max and I were the only freshmen in that class, and we. I recognized him though because I had played a show at this creepy little venue in the valley. It's called CIA. Mm. And the oh, guy no. that owns it, have you heard of it? I haven't, no. Well, so the guy that owns it is a total weirdo and has these... He used to be a mortician. Yeah, he was a mortician. Yeah, so yeah. There, in in the venue, there's this uh, this midget clown. The whole thing sounds quite insane. Oh, it's insane. It's a real body. Right. It's this midget clown that's in this case of formaldehyde. And the whole venue is decorated... As you know, like that, and Insane. he played. He was in like a, he was in a band. What were they? What were they? Across Cove, Across <laughs> Cove. Yeah, and they were they were doing some cover songs, and yeah. I, I recognized it because he was a really good drummer, and I recognized him when we were in the music theory class. And then, uh, yeah. Now, what kind of covers are you doing at that point? <laughs> uh, what, what were they? Um, did some ACDC. Um, oh, did you do a Maroon song? Five one? No, we we <laughs> we opened. <laughs> oh, you Maroon opened, Five. You opened up for Maroon them. Five. Okay. Um, I like it better if you were doing Maroon Five covers. No, me too. I, I wish just Maroon Five covers. Yeah. That'd yes. be kind of cool. Um, so you guys meet, and at that point, did you decide? Were you like, I'm going to steal this drummer from my own project? Well, so I was playing in bands with my friends. We were, I had a band called Five Way Log Jam. Oh yeah, and what uh, a terrific name! Right? Five Way Log Jam. Yes. Was that like a, a Grateful Dead cover band? No, no. It was like <laughs> it was uh, it was like uh, it was just it was just like a crappy rock band. That was pretty cool. Max yeah. came to a five I came to a Five Way Log Jam was, show. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, me and Max started playing together with Sam because there was a, a friend of ours was playing music and they need, needed a bass player. So I joined in that and uh, got to know Max more and was introduced to Sam. And I'd known Dylan just because we both live in the Valley and it's pretty small circles there. We all knew the same people. Yeah, we too. all yeah we yeah. all knew the same like, people. And had you heard Dylan sing before? Yeah. Well, we all knew Dylan could sing, yeah. you know. Um, but so we were playing with this girl and... Uh, you know, Max and Sam were, oh, we want to start our own band. And then we started playing together before rehearsal for this other girl and then before and after. And then we just started practicing on our own. And then we were doing that for about a year and we were even playing shows uh, with no singer. And just like instrumental shows. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, I think so. the well, crowds yeah, can't go yeah, too crazy. There would be that. a time <laughs> set singing. They, yeah. they yeah. would take. They would take the mantle with with each song. Okay. Sometimes um, Sam would take a crack at singing. Okay, yeah. so there was singing. Yeah. It just what there was an a singer per se. No, no. yes, exactly. Yeah. Are you guys good singers? Like, uh, or I wouldn't say I wouldn't say we're yeah. singers. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got and what kind of what kind of covers were you guys doing back then? I think the only songs we covered, we covered a dive song and we covered a Oberhofer song. Okay, so it was indie. It wasn't yeah, like it was, yeah. in Maroon Five. No, it was very indie. When it was we much more started. like. Uh, and then we had two originals, and they were very uh, like dream, dream uh, pop or yeah. psychedelic, yeah. weird. Yeah, but I like the band. I like the idea of a band doing only Maroon Five covers. <laughs> I think <laughs> this could just... be like your side project. Right? Yeah, yeah. The, the Maroon Five cover band. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> you know what's funny about that? I went to their first show. Um, yeah, he was. At, <laughs> it was at the Guitar Merchant. Yeah, and they played, um, they played that Oberhofer song, and like fast forward to like a few months ago, we we ended up playing with Oberhofer, oh, and we were all funny. in like the same room right. listening to that one song they played, and it was yeah, just kind of full crazy. circle. It yeah. was weird. That was crazy. But it was, yeah, um, yeah it was it was interesting because I I went to a lot of their shows before I joined the band. So that's cool. So, so you guys get together, you steal him as a singer, right? Yes. And then you mm-hmm. decide instead of switching, you know, where everyone takes turns singing, we're going to start to write our own music now. Yeah. And at yeah, what age yeah. were you guys at when that started happening? 
Uh, we were like 15, 15, 15, yeah. 15, 16. I remember the first song we wrote, the first two like real songs we wrote are actually on the EP. Oh, wow. Yeah. We were, it was nine and sold. We were, Max wrote sold when we were like, you were 16 or 15. It's pretty amazing that it still stands yeah. up and sounds so relevant, yeah. right? <laughs> Thanks, man. There's it's like pretty a, similar to what it first started. No, yeah. it really, it really There's is. like a voice memo of the, of the riff and it's like, it's like slow, right? It's, it's like, like really halftime. slow, Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, it's pretty so it's much funny because not every drummer writes. So it's yeah. how did you get into writing songs, Max? When you because a lot of drummers just think I'm going to hold the beat down, mm-hmm. I'll let the singer and the guitar player write the music, and yeah. but it's interesting that you also write. So when think, you first brought yeah. in these ideas, were you guys open to that? Being, him oh, being yeah. a drummer, absolutely. Oh. I mean, yeah. There's there's never been any like designated roles i think that's you know? how we look at it is like yeah. i happen to be playing drums he happens to sing he happens to play yeah. bass but also it's all about the song it's not really like you know yeah i mean I, you know max and i pretty much write most of the you know music yeah i mean we all have we all have input but it, it normally starts with one of us and dylan comes in and sam comes in on top and yeah but yeah, but, but i mean we all contribute you know, there's never, it's not, it's never been, uh, you're a drummer, you're a bass player, yeah. you know. So, so yeah, so t- take me back sort of how you guys started. You write, you start writing these songs and then ultimately, again, how we end up now playing like festivals and it's got to yeah. be like a dream coming true because there's so many bands and also you guys are technically from the Valley, right? Yeah, so, I mean, three out of five. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> there's also a thing I saw online where you guys started your own festival and whatnot and mm-hmm. that's like a, there, I don't even know, are there a lot of bands from the Valley? Uh, I wouldn't say it's interesting. I wouldn't say there's a lot of bands from the valley, um, but we've just the friends that we have have just sort of continued to play music. You know, whether they're from Echo Park or downtown or Hollywood or whatever, and uh, it just it's become this you know somewhat tight circle of you know friends or friends of friends who are all playing together, and it. Uh, it just sort of, you know, when we were younger, it definitely lended itself to just, you know, makeshift festivals and, you know, uh, you know, renting a warehouse for two hundred dollars on a Saturday night and getting ten or twenty bands to play. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and because of that, you know, we've developed some really good relationships with a lot of musicians and just bands that we really like. You know, me and Max were playing in four or five bands at one time. You know, wow. just based out of, you know, Fretton's bands. And, and it seems to be a camaraderie between some of the bands because you have Absolutely. Starcrawler and some of the other yeah. bands that you guys are all friendly with. And yeah. it seems to me that you've formed this sort of really nice camaraderie because you even have your own, like, mini festival that you started, yeah, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. But I want to know that sort of the process of how does a band start, like you guys at a pretty young age and how you get a record deal, how you get management, how you start to get on to mm-hmm. all these like sort of, uh, you know, these tours and creating your own mini festival here. So take me back to how that process sort of started to how you got your first deal. Um, I think I think a lot of it is just kind of uh, just timing and, and luck in the sense Um uh, as as he was saying, they were in other bands at the time, and um, we just we weren't really like we were playing shows here and there, but it wasn't like an active thing. And I we um, I guess uh, I guess we all knew you know people, and I think that kind of sparked that. We were just playing a bunch of shows, and we got people out to the shows, and it it, it just kind of built up from there. Um, also, um, I think. I think the coolest thing that bands can do when when it comes to, you know, creating their own festival or something like that is just constantly putting out ideas. Sure. Whether that's, you know, creating festival or making videos or anything, just constantly just creating. Yeah. And I think... I think because it's an interesting went, conversation. You guys have put out a lot of content for a very young band, right? Because yeah. you put out mm-hmm. there's stuff now on Apple Music. You put out you just have the EP, but now you're working yeah. on the full length. But if you look out there as a whole, there's a quite a good deal of content out there. Yeah, and that yeah. seems to be one of your strategies, and actually a really smart strategy <laughs> on your behalf because you created this enormous buzz without having actually a full length album out. So it's really true if you think about it, right? Yeah. And if you look at certain artists these days, like Cardi B was a fairly huge artist without putting out a full-length record. Right. She was yeah. on a bunch of guest records, put out, a, you know. And, and so 
I think that whole idea of sort of the strategy you guys have done, and maybe it's not even conscious, but, you know, even if it's unconscious, the way you guys have put out all this content and it's worked in your favor mm-hmm. is pretty fascinating. Um, and when did you stop being, because you were in four bands, which is, at the end of the day, you guys are, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of bands yeah. to be in, right? Yeah. So at some point, you probably got together and you're like, you know what, this is really working for us. I don't think we both need to be in four bands, maybe yeah. one band, maybe this band, Lily. Like, who came up with the name? How did that whole process well, start? So just to kind of go back to what you were saying sure. a little earlier about just the whole, you know, where we started, how we are now, and where it's going to go, I think for us it really did happen as organically as I think it can. Um, you know, it wasn't, I don't think we were ever, we didn't ever believe in what we were doing, but it was just... Having um, fun? Yeah, well, yeah, we were like 15 years old, yeah, you know. Right. It's it right. like the the only work ethic you could possibly have at that age is just, because you enjoy doing it, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, Max and I were lucky enough to be able to be a part of a lot of other bands um, and get some experience. But, you know, so one thing leads to another, you know, Shaq, who runs our record label, came to, just happened to come to a show because Dylan knows somebody that knows him. Yeah. And uh, from there, you know, Pete, got involved with us our manager he got involved and like like i said it was all like very natural progression of things yeah how many shows had you played before that had happened because i mean you're talking about guys that have a lot of pedigree in the music business so was it 20 shows or was it 200 as a band band, band. it was i'd say in between 20 and 50 shows you know it wasn't it wasn't so like maybe like a year's worth of shows yeah Yeah. a a year's worth of shows is like a full band yeah there was a there was a lot of um one-off like backyard shows sure. house, um, parties, house, parties, yeah, house parties and everything playing at the smell yeah. the echo whatever and i think um that was really cool for kind of molding not necessarily our sound but kind of um our stage presence and well, just like our personal yeah, identity yeah. personal identity sure. like because well, the interesting i've thought a lot about this actually and it's like the interesting thing about being in Los Angeles right now, or I mean, it doesn't even be Los Angeles. It's just any town with a music scene, and particularly a DIY one. Sure, is um, your sights are set when you're 15. It's you don't you don't think your sight you're setting your sights low, but right. you know what it it's is. Not is world domination. No, it's not. It's you know it's, our biggest goal. As funny as it sounds, was to play the smell. Yeah. Right, right. You sure. know, our biggest goal was like, you know, a, a huge milestone was, oh my God, like we got offered a house show. Right. And that's, yeah. you know, that was a happy day. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, we got to get a record deal or, you know, we got to get on Spotify and get a billion streams or right. whatever. It really just was like, we want to be a part of this scene. Sure, sure. And then as we got more comfortable in it, as we started making friends who were in the scene and, you know, promoters, you know, who, and when I say promoters, they're just kids a little right, older course. than us throwing shows, sure. you know, and, um, at the echo, wherever at the echo or yeah. at warehouses, even, you know, yeah. they have their collectives. Yeah. And, uh, once we got more comfortable there and say, Hey, like we know these bands now, like let's throw our own show yeah. and, and see who shows up. And that was a success. And then we did it again. And I think that was the show that Shaq turned up to. And then it became, Oh my God, like people, other people think what we're doing is cool as well, you know? And yeah. That Had you was, been in the studio yet at that point? No, no, no. We, we'd been recording at a Max's Garage, you know? We had one song on SoundCloud, and yeah. that was, you know, that was a celebration to get that on SoundCloud right. when that happened, you know? Was that Toro, or is that another? No, it was, no. It, was, uh, it was Nine, nine actually. Nine, okay. Yeah, it was Nine. Different oh. version. Yeah. Different version. Um, but yeah, and then, and then, you know, like, slowly but surely, it, it starts to become... It, it, not not that it becomes a real thing, but it becomes this. It takes on a life. It, it of its takes own. on a life of its own. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. it uh, and it is. You know, we're in a place now where it is. You know, we're not like we're not rock stars or anything. Right, right. We're not. We're not a success. But but you're buzzing, and and that alone, you know, in in, in a space where there's I don't know how many thousands of bands that are trying to make it, and to go to to be twenty and be playing Bonnaroo and Lollapalooza yeah. and touring with Weezer, and again, like I, I mentioned the Spotify thing because that's how most people consume music yeah, these days. Yeah. And I was kind of because Shaq has been singing you guys praises 
truth be told, for at least a year to me, <laughs> yeah. uh, to go on Spotify and to see you guys have the, the main picture on the rock playlist yeah. is a pretty great milestone for a new band. No, let's it face completely it, right? is. And I don't so, want, none of us want to sound ungrateful. No, no, we no. Absolutely are. It's just, uh, it's I a guess process. what I'm saying is I don't think any of us really ever imagined this. Right, of course. You know course. what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like it really wasn't, and and like I said, not that we're not completely grateful yeah. but it just that wasn't where our minds were sure at. Yeah. you well, just also, wanted to play the echo yeah, yeah. no literally <laughs> yeah. also playing in the other bands too we weren't like creating yeah. ourselves it exactly was more like yeah. we're just gonna we're playing the music not it's like what, what we're kind of told to play right right you know and yeah you're we, doing we the room that. five and walkman cover yeah exactly exactly <laughs> um, no, yeah but me and max you know talked extensively about that which you know was we were just so grateful to have a creative outlet being this band, you know, you know, playing yeah. in other bands where it's really just play this bass line, play this drum part, and we'll go on tour, and that's that's yeah. what you get, you know. And as much as we enjoyed that, it, we were just so utterly grateful that we were able to come with and, you know, play music with our friends and be able to create and, you know, have have that kind of outlet, which is completely different. But there was definitely a pivotal moment when you stopped playing in yes. the three or four other bands yeah. yes. and you decided collectively, hey, this is kind of working here, so yes. we don't need to play in four bands. So yeah. when mm -hmm. was that moment for you guys? Um, well, uh, it was last I think, summer. Well, for him and I, it was pretty close, but pretty separate. I think both of our bands, the other ones that we were in, were doing a lot of tours and was taking away from Lily, and it kind of just came to a head where it was like, we need to put time into this yeah. to, right. make to make it, it flourish. Make it flourish. Well, and, because and at this point too, it, you know, we had signed a deal. Yeah, and uh, we had a manager. You know, we had, we were starting to build this little thing. So, you, so, so I, that's interesting. So you said you signed a deal, right? So yeah. you play a handful, whatever, twenty, forty, fifty shows, and then Shaq comes out to see you. Now we're talking about Andrew Shaq. Now does he? Offer you guys a record deal that first, you know, night, or do you need to no, showcase for no. him? No. So what happened was he came to the show. I didn't. I didn't know who it was. I met him. I was like, hey, whatever, um, through a mutual friend. And then um, the, he he came out and brought um, his his crew of you know our people, A and R people, whatever, yeah. um, to our smell show, which was maybe a couple months after, a month yeah. after, and um, he saw us, and you know he left like before the set <laughs> yeah, ended and I was just time. like, oh, okay, like that's like kind of, that's kind of never a great sign. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's it. And then, you know, he texted us after, or, um, yeah. And he said that he, he really liked us. It's just, uh, one of the A&R guys had to go tuck his kids to bed. So, um, doesn't sound very rock and roll. No, but no, <laughs> but it, it was true. And then, and then we, uh, we signed and, you know, there was like a year process of, you know, uh, just yeah, getting everything in order, and and then we finally started recording, um, and released our first song in August. So that was pretty much, yeah, what it was. Yeah, because I mean, we were also we were, Sam was seventeen. Yeah, you and I, we we were eighteen. You know, so again, you know, we got offered a record deal. So that was it was a, it was a process in its own yeah. because yeah. that it was a very real thing, yeah. and it's a you know something we were not capable of, just fully comprehending. Yeah, yeah, comprehending yeah. and yeah. handling on our yeah. own. You know, so that was a it was a big decision and uh and at 18 getting a record deal what does that mean for you guys because you know it, it means a lot means something different now because it is a diy scene absolutely. than it did 10 15 years ago so when you guys quote unquote get a record deal at that age are you thinking this is it or are no. you thinking this is just no. the beginning no no no, 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 no. no. The, well, we knew it was going to be a, a process and there was a lot of growing up to do for all of us um we just knew that there was going to be uh some sort of work uh work ethic implemented into our our yeah. mindset i think that we knew that we were going to have to take another step forward yeah. it wasn't necessarily like oh we blew up right you know? right we got a record well, deal. yeah i mean cause, yeah, he's exactly right because a record deal doesn't mean anything right. anymore it really doesn't yeah. you know i think uh, and that's once again it's not to say that it doesn't mean absolutely nothing but it's uh it's not what it was, right? You know, and there's even, and I think what we took it as it, is, it wasn't security. It was um, hope, yeah. In a sense of, uh, you know, okay, well, like, look, here's somebody else that believes in what we're doing, and 
that led to, okay, me and Max are going to take a gap year from going to school and right. try this. Because you, know, you were I, still in school when you got this. Yeah, idea. we were seniors. Sam was a junior in high school. And uh, it really, it was about, all right, let's see what where this can go. And if nothing happens, then it's okay. Now, is your family supportive at that point? Because you're saying, hey, I might need to drop out of school for a year. Or are they like, yeah. whatever you do, don't do that. You just do the music uh, as a side think project. There was, there, I think there was definitely some mixed yeah. feelings right. about it. but And what about now? Do they see that this is, yeah. trying to, yeah. this is think, starting to come to fruition for you I guys? Think, I think they all get, yeah. get it. I, I think like, they trust you know, us. Yeah, well, it's like, I want you to do what you want to do, but... Yeah. Yeah, because you know, well, also my cousin was in the music industry, right, right. So, so it's kind of like, do really want to do this? But <laughs> right. it's, okay. it's, it's literally all dependent on on the work ethic that you bring to the table. Yeah. Because a lot of people... Um, a lot of people get record deals as it happens, uh-huh. and they take a back seat because they think they made it, and that's not that's not it. You you you, you gotta stick to your roots and really just write music that you like, and just do it every day. And that that's that's kind of what the the path that we took. Well, um, he brings up a good point too, which is you know you get a record deal, and then you have people. You know, whether it's people at the label or just people around you in general that are hired, that oh, we're going to be creating content for you guys. Right, right. We're going to be doing the music. We'll take over your Instagram. Exactly, <laughs> and 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 it and it's sort of this like, it's this illusion of a breath of fresh air because oh, cool, like I don't have to worry about this. You know, I just write some songs and it'll be good. But we went through those trials and tribulations of it. Really, it doesn't get any easier at all. In fact, it gets so much harder because you have to realize that matter what deal you get like it's th- the product is only going to be anything of value if you're doing it right of course you know so if, where did you guys get your work ethics from is it were your families really did they work really hard cuz no i think i think it was it's i mean we still no, we still have work, some work, work to work do we got but, a lot of work to no, do no but i can tell yeah. you guys really hustle cuz that's the difference in why bands sort of seem to do well these days or don't right it's like if you have the songs and you work hard and you have a great live show, but it's all those things cumulatively coming together. It's not like we work hard and we don't have the songs. Yeah. But if you have all the right ingredients and then you work really hard and you know what to do behind the scenes, that's always like a recipe usually for success. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know our manager has helped us out a lot with that. Because, yeah. cool. like, you know, he was he was in the Walkman Right, as well right, and, sure. You know, they were, you know, DIY. Yeah. To, in, to the bone marrow. Yeah. You know? question. So, and they did so, it the right way, too. Yeah. They, they did. did it so like that that business model of just, you know, being doing what you want to do yeah. and being successful at it. That's what we want to follow because, you know, we we don't want to answer to anybody. We don't want to like have to change our sound, you know, and I think I think the Walkman did that perfectly and he's really helping us out with that. Cuz I sometimes think that musicians that start to get into the management side of things that come from that space know the business better than anyone because they've been there. Absolutely, because I think the hardest thing that we've had to learn is it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot easier to say what you don't like as opposed to what you do like. Right. You know, so, and it's, and it's, it's being able to navigate through all of the bad ideas and go, okay, like, these are all awful, but we have this really great idea. Yeah. Instead of these are awful, like, go think of something else. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, like, it's we try to keep it we we try to we just handle it as how it should be handled this is, you know this is art that we are trying to create sure as pretentious as that may come off sometimes like that's what it is definitely if, no question if 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 it means anything that's yeah. what you should treat it as and and uh you know people around going oh we're going to you know we want to approach this demographic and you should develop this sort of content to reach out to people 18 to 25 who live at home with their parents, you know, and you're like, no, but what if we do this? Cause this is something that we actually love. love. Right. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, make sure you write songs for people in Eastern Europe. It's yeah, really exactly. exactly. I think, yeah. you know, yeah. like, well, no, but yeah, but speaking on what he said, the, you know, I think, I think it it's it's a very depressing thing to to be able to just shoot stuff ideas down and not really come up with a solution. It's very very depressing and I think we've 
we've had to c- overcome that a lot <laughs> yeah. um, because we didn't know what we wanted. And I think now, um, directly after this EP kind of cultivated, um, we we really discovered what we wanted to do, and I think we're in a very good place right now. Well, I should say, shout out to Andrew Shaw, because Andrew, who I've known for many, many years as we were speaking about it, was very instrumental in Priority Records years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In sort of, uh, in the, the sort of precipice yeah, of where hip-hop started. Yeah. So I feel like him getting involved in a rock band, he really sees sort of the future of where rock is going. Yeah. And you guys have a super modern approach. I read somewhere, too, that you guys were sort of this combination of, like, if Jane's Addiction met... Odd Future, which is kind of an interesting. Uh, <laughs> I didn't hear that. Interesting. Uh, yeah, hear that. It's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's funny. Jane's Addiction was the first band I ever opened up for in LA many years ago, no and it was one of the wow. best live shows, still to this day, you could probably ever see. I mean, such an incredible frontman, Peripherals, yeah. incredible. So, yeah, and, and your live show, it has, as I said, it has a sort of kinetic energy. People are moshing, people are dancing around. Your your sort of debut song, Toro, that really hit it and sort of seemed to really connect with people. It has that energy about it. So when you were writing that song, when you played that song, people first started getting really into it at your live shows. That really probably sort of took to you guys as a this is really working for us, right? Yeah, I yeah. think I th- I think the first time I kind of realized that was like um, it was it was a few of the the breakfast shows we did. Uh, talk about that show and talk about how that came about because it's sort of your own mini. Festival oh yeah, so um, so um, twenty seventeen. Um, or 2018, right? No, 2017. I want to say 2018. Well, or no, 20, notes, 2018. Sam's birthday. <laughs> yeah, it was, Sa- it was yeah. Sam's birthday. But 2018, I think, was the first time we labeled it Breakfast. Yeah, I think so. That's yeah. what I read. Because 2019 yeah. was the second one. I feel like it might have been it was 2016 the, was well, Sam's we just, birthday. We, we just did the... Let's the, call it 2018. Yeah, let's call it 2018. Because right, that was yeah. the first time we labeled it. But also, for all you people listening, it's not Breakfast. It's Breakfast. Breakfast. Not Breakfast. Yeah, it's like a play on words. It comes after this place near my house and they sell like hot pockets it's called pizza crack yeah it's like pizza okay. hot pockets and we started playing with that word crack cool. yeah. yeah and we came back fast anyway anyway so we we set up this festival in 2018 it was um it was one day we had like a bunch of bands that we knew and it was um, like seven or eight bands yeah seven or eight bands um star crawler being one of them no uh, i no. think the, the first year it was we tried to get started. fringe it was fringe uh, which is a band that I was, they're now called On My Way to Heaven. Yeah. Yes. Um, but Espresso. Fringe, Espresso. Pinky, Pinky, Pinky. Pinky. This band called Easy, Cali Big League, yeah. Us, and... Daisy. Daisy. Okay. Yeah. 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 And um, that that was kind of like our first real festival that we put on. I mean, we put on shows before, but this was like the stressful. first... Yeah, stressful. Yeah, stressful. stressful things ever. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we, um, we started putting that on... Um, and I I would say it was pretty much a success. Yeah, uh, everybody yeah. everybody said they had a good time at that. And then you know, the next year came around, which was this past January, and there uh, that guy was like, "Yo, like, do you want to do a residency?" And um, at the time we we had played like a few shows around the Echo, and we we're just like, we're kind of you know, not pooped out, but a residency f- you know four times in January that's a bit much. So we we tried to create our own thing. And it ended up evolving into breakfast over a span of four weeks. And we should note that there was like 400 kids waiting to get into this last one that you did. Yeah, outside. it was. Yeah. The, first, that was the first show was nobody predicted that. Yeah, yeah. It, was it was insane. Yeah. I that yeah. that that was kind of what blew blew my mind. But it was when we played. It was when we played Toro and people were like singing back the the lyrics. It was just I was like. We we just put this song out. Like, <laughs> well, I think those were also those were the first like L.A. shows that we'd played that there was we knew people there, but we also didn't know a lot of people yeah, there. Right. Yeah, right. And talk was, about what Toro's about, right? Because there's a line in, in the song like "fake ass people." So is there a line? Is there? Yeah. <laughs> well, fake ass maybe. People? I don't know. I I don't yeah. remember what I wrote, but no. Um, <laughs> the chorus the, is about, well, actually the chorus is about fake ass people. Well, from what I what I've heard you guys say. Um. um I think that might have been sold. Unless but, my notes yeah. are completely incorrect. I don't know. I don't well, think Toro is about that. No, that's that's sold. I yeah. don't even know what Toro is about. Yeah. <laughs> you're good. You're good. I yeah. think I think these songs on the EP are very much um uh are very much about just the energy that we were kind of putting off because we we were taking so long as as we said before to, you know, put out songs and to finally get out uh, a song uh to 
you know, to the masses, I would say, or our many, our uh, many, our many mass. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, you know, it, that was just that, that was all mm. just us relieving our, ourselves of that, uh, stress. And I think it's, it's more or less not the lyrical aspect of it, more just the energy that we put off. Um, you know, there's like maybe one song on there that's just kind of like, I, I kind of had a, uh, a subject matter, um, but it's mostly just energy. Well, from when well, it was released, too, all those songs are from like two years before. Yeah, like they're old. Yeah, like old to you guys, but brand yeah, new. To yeah, 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 brand new to everyone right. else. And um, from when we released them, we were in a completely different place already. Yeah. So it's uh-huh. it's kind of it's a it's a little uh, snapshot of yeah. And most of the shows ago. are, would you say, kids or like what? What's the age? Uh, would you say it's uh, yeah? I'd say yeah. our shows are. Or uh, young. This is a young. It's a younger crowd. Younger crowd. We right. did a. Yeah. We did a weird tour with a band um, not too long ago. That it was. They were bringing a lot of older people, yeah. and it was that it, Weezer. No, no, no. Oh, it was uh, a wish. Sun. Yeah, <laughs> no. it, was, it was a band called Glorious Sons. Okay. And uh, are they kind of a Zeppelinish kind of band? Yeah, you could, yeah, you yeah. could say that. Yeah. Okay, um, they're uh yeah, but the crowds were just so different, right? Yeah, you know, and because you know we we you know we come from, you know, playing to people our age, right? And younger, right, of course, you know, of who, course. Who have it's just a different etiquette, definitely a different yeah show etiquette. Like you were saying too, the mosh pits are only there when the younger kids are there. Yeah, like yeah. when there's older people, it's more like. Everybody, I mean, the older people are definitely not moshing. Well, yeah, you no. know, yeah. I, you know, if you have a beer in your hand, yeah, you know. You're not going to be pushing people around. Right, you don't right. want to spill your beer. I think, you know? uh, yeah, that's the funny part. Because, uh, you know, we've been to shows where, like, people have been holding beers, and there has been also a mosh, and you bump into those people, and they get really fucking pissed. Yeah. And that's like... Next thing that's, you know, there's a fight. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. That's how so, break out, right. So that's, that's sort of... Uh, that's the weird uh, situation that we kind yeah. of found ourselves in, you know? So, so, yeah, so you put out this music, and now we're already, we're this year already, and, and so your first full-length album is something that you guys are working on now. Yeah. yeah. And so, but at this point, you only have you about eight songs out in the public, would you say? The EP? Uh, I think it's, uh, we have six. seven. Seven, okay. Oh, we have seven songs. Yeah. Seven songs. yeah. Okay. There's a live One's a live, version, yeah. one's a live one. Okay, so yeah. seven or eight songs. And yeah. so now the process of writing your first album comes up, and this album is going to come out, you think, this year or next year? When next, year. Next, next year. Next year. Okay. Yeah. Um, we, I do believe um, we are going to have a, a few singles out. Probably before the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, We're recording. Yeah, right now. So. And oh. yeah, so it's gonna be some fun stuff, hopefully. So, yeah. in any, I know that you guys toured with Weezer. I know that you did Bonnaroo, or you're doing all these big well, festivals coming up. We haven't, we haven't played with Weezer. No, yet. we're, we're going, going to okay. play with the Weezer. Weezer coming up okay. next yeah. week, I believe. Right? But you, yeah, d- you did week. do Bonnaroo not long. Yeah, ago. yeah. yeah. Was, we uh, played. We just got yeah. back. Yeah. We played Saturday. Awesome. And then Lollapalooza is that? We're playing. In August, cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's got to be surreal to you guys, right? Because those yeah. are festivals. When I was growing up, were still pretty happening, and yeah. and so to to get those festivals and secure them with only an EP out, it's got to feel pretty good, right? So yeah, yeah it's, it's got to be a cool. It's, feeling. it's a bit daunting, yeah, I'm sure. Because I I I think um, we played Shaky Knees in um, uh, it was a couple like a month ago. Yeah, um, we. You know, we played one of the main stages early, but we played a main stage. And where's Shaking Knees again? Where that's in Atlanta. Atlanta, okay. Um, it was it was the biggest stage we've ever played on. Amazing. And how many people were there? Would you say? I would say there was a there was a few hundred for playing at noon and being first. There was a lot of people there. Yeah. Awesome. It was just cool. It was yeah. interesting, yeah. and it was yeah, it was just it was like uh, a lot of people like talked to us like, oh, you need like a bigger stage because like the energy or whatever. Um, we just don't really listen to that, but it was, we finally had like a huge stage right. and it was like, okay, what do we do? You know, but it, it was, it, it was fun because we, we kind of just, we just ran with it, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think that's what, uh, we try to do every time, you know? I mean, it, the, I mean, it is nice having a bigger stage. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's really some. nice. Yeah. But we also enjoy... Not like a small stage, but like the intimacy of so, having yeah, yeah. when the crowd is right sure. next right. to you. Sure. Right. The, the you know, the bigger stage is really only like it's a it's a luxury when right. it comes around. Yeah. yeah. I think our you know, our very happy medium is 
stage with just enough room. Yeah, you know? definitely. Because we've yeah. we've played some we've played some horribly small stages, and it does it 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 is restricting. Definitely, yeah. we played you know? we played stages without PA's. So yeah. I I had to sing through a guitar amp, you know, a few yeah. times, and it was just. <laughs> Did you guys ever see Spinal Tap? <laughs> yes, I've yeah. definitely played places where there was no one in the audience except like the bartender. Yeah. And you're like, why am I doing this? Uh, Just remind yeah. myself. Why am I yeah. doing this again? I can't remember. I mean, but, we've we've been we've had some we've had some brutal we've had some brutal yeah. shows. Yeah. But, but is there one story that sort of rings true? Like, this is the craziest show we played, or the weirdest show, or you know, you played in uh, Czechoslovakia for only yeah. the bouncers <laughs> we're gonna play in ladies of the night or something i like. feel like a lot of the weird ones were more when we were playing the warehouse stuff because i remember we'd play a lot of backyards that were yeah. like they they'd have a kick drum and a snare and like no hi-hat stands <laughs> <Right>. so you'd <laughs> be playing the hi-hats on like a crash stand and like the amps were we played kind of broken we played that one show at usc where uh frat we got house. like we got we played a frat house at usc and uh, we got one song in, and the sound guy was creeping up behind <laughs> me and like turning my amp down. And don't you love that when that happens? Oh, we got all, we were <laughs> fucking pissed. So we started turning all of our amps up, and we got through the second half of the second song, and uh, the cops showed up and just destroyed the place. And it was that was it. That was it. Yeah. Well, there was a there was a there was a frat guy that came up and yelled in your ear while yeah. you were playing. Yeah, like oh scream, like just drunk and screaming in my face, and it was, it was just it was not like, to say that will never happen again. No, but it's it was, probably when that shit happens a little bit. Because yeah, yeah. there's also you know you're playing on like a carpet, right? And there's just <laughs> a bunch of like right. like drunk frat bros yeah. that don't give a shit about your music and yeah, like definitely. you know <laughs> waiting for it to be over, and definitely. he's yelling in my face, and then the cops show up, <laughs> and they blame it all on us and. Yeah. Um, but I remember we, having a band when I was a kid, and we would play like Iron Maiden covers at bar mitzvahs, <laughs> and then people would actually pay us to leave. They're like, "Please, just take sixty dollars, oh go home." Like, or, like, we were like, Iron Maiden covers is not what we were looking that's, for at this sick. bar mitzvah, you know. You had you had so, a singer that could sing like Bruce I Dickinson. No, I wouldn't say he sang like you know. We were we were also fifteen or yeah. whatever it was, but uh, that was not the music they were looking for at that particular bar mitzvah. Yes. So, um, so I understand all those weird gigs. So yeah. are there any bands that you guys are like dying to tour with that you think that you, I mean, is it The Walkman or is it The Strokes or is it, I don't know um, who it is, like, which bands? The I, if if The Walkman were together, yeah. yeah. We'd, we'd, we'd tour with that. The Walkman. Absolutely. Um, definitely, I, we'd, I mean, like, there's like all these bands coming from uh, UK that we love. Black yeah, Midi. So, idols. Idols. Yeah, I know Shame. Idols. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Fontaines. Yeah. So you like the, the UK rock scene? You like yeah. what's happening over there? Yeah, we really, I, I would think cool. we take a lot of inspiration from what's going on over well, there. Well, they just, they like, regardless of their music, they put on great shows. Definitely. Like, I yeah. think we, we saw Shame uh, last year and they, they, they put on a great show. I they, feel like the it, UK would really embrace you guys. I saw that you were just on BBC Radio, which is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, those so. were those were some of the best shows we've played. The Brighton yeah. shows. Yeah. We played at Great Escape, cool. that little festival over there. Definitely. And um, those were like some of our favorite shows yeah. of that whole um, year. Yeah, Have you guys been in Enemy yet? No, no. Uh, didn't that get didn't that get shut down? Well, I think it's still it's still online. Oh, the the, like oh, the, paper, the, the, the magazine, print, the print yeah. publication. But I feel like know. Enemy yeah. would really embrace you guys. So if you're yeah. listening, yeah. Enemy, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Check out Lily with two eyes. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, it's funny because we always have this conversation, and I did. You know, truth is, I always do my homework. So I saw this interview where you you were talking about rocks not dead and whatnot, and mm. something I always talk about just because it's an inevitable conversation. But if you look at for instance, like the Guns N' Roses tour this last year, I think was the second best-selling tour of all time. Yeah. So clearly that music is not dead. Um, and I love, are there rock bands in your genre from the U.S.? I mean, obviously there's the obvious ones that are happening now. We talk about the Struts. They were just on the show. Greta Von Fleet, like bands like that, Palo Royale. There's this, there is a, a new breed of rock bands that are happening that are starting to bubble in the U.S. And I, I feel like it, it's just, we're just one step away from, could be you guys that really break that mold. Because I, I love, actually, when I look at, the clips of your live shows, I love that energy. I think that That's energy nice is like nice. reminiscent of what I, like I said, James Addiction, Guns N' Roses. People are having fun and going fucking nuts, yeah. right? Which is great because people don't really have fun enough at shows these days. So I feel like you guys trying to bring back that that energy is, is an awesome thing. And so what are your feelings on some of those newer bands that I, are happening at the moment? I think um, necessarily for uh, rock itself, I think the sort of revival band idea um, – for us is just kind of um 
not that not the way we want to go. Sure. I think I think our idea for rock necessarily, which we we're not trying to you know push anything forward, but what we want we we kind of want to create our own Your sort own of genre thing. Sound. Sure. Well, I think I think if you if you set out to do something, you already pigeonhole yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So and I I don't think it's necessarily about reviving. It's just you know. Right now we play rock music. Yeah, you know that's always subject to change. You know I don't think we're going to sound remotely similar to what we sound like now in five years. Definitely. You know, and and I think you um, definitely have your own thing going, which is yeah. great. I mean, you don't sound like anyone else. I mean, I I bring up references because I just notice references yeah. being in music oh, so absolutely, long, but. Yeah. Uh, Everyone has references, but but ultimately you guys are very much your own thing, which is great. Thanks, man. Um, and the new record, would you say it's along the lines of your EP, or does it branch out in other? It's uh, definitely it's, it's definitely it's definitely far uh, far removed from this EP. Um, just because uh, it was two years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. this yeah. is this is the music of us now. Right. The EP is the music of us when we were fifteen. Mm. So. Um, which is that, incredible. It sounds so relevant that you guys are 15 <laughs> when you wrote that music. You know, I, uh, people, you know, people say uh, that to us um, a lot. I think, I think at a certain point, um, because, you know, we're recording a new record, um, this, this new record, I think, is going to exemplify what we sort of want to be remembered as, you know, as, as a band. Um, because it's... It's honestly, genuinely what we want to do and what we know. Like right now. Yeah, yeah right, right now. now. Yeah, of course. Um, and obviously, obviously, he was saying we're gonna change uh, constantly, year to year, um, you know, record to record. And I think, I think um, this new record is gonna be the first, the first example of that. Awesome. You know? Do you guys have a favorite song on the EP, even though it's two years old? Uh, I would say Sepulveda Basin, just because it's. Um, I, it's it's just like the most kind of like simple thing just kind of laid out there you know cool. um and it it the the video is kind of cool because we're you know running through the valley uh a little bit a little bit a lot a lot of bit yeah how important is it to in sort of this new era that we're in in terms of like instagram and social media how important is creating like assets for that to you guys i know you do it organically but do you look at that as like a big strategy for, for where the band is like is it important for you to connect with the fans through social media is it important for you to do like secret shows that you announce on social media is that all other uh, um, like tools or you just look at it like another thing we're just going to write music and it is what it is but some bands like really focus on it in terms of like strategy and breaking uh i i don't think we look at it in terms of uh, as much in terms of strategy i think uh Social media is a tool, and you can use it as such. Um, I think what it's been good for for us is explaining our own world. Yeah. Uh, as a, you know what I mean, yeah. and, and giving your own it, narrative. It gives a, it gives a visual platform for the for the world that we come from that is ours. Sure. You know, and I yeah. think in that aspect of it, um, it's useful and can be necessary um well i think in the sense that people can see your live show on instagram exa especially, yeah exactly like, i need to see exactly. these guys because there's, there's something going on here that i couldn't tell from just listening to this on spotify yeah, right? yeah. absolutely so, so that's that's definitely a plus so you know 2019 you're working on this record it's going to come out you think 2020 uh most definitely yeah, yeah. definitely it'll be I, out i don't think it would be around if it didn't come out in 2020 yeah cool. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But, fade um, into nothingness if it didn't come <laughs> yeah. out next year. And then what yeah. are you guys excited about? Any shows, any of these festivals that you're super excited about? Yeah, Weezer. Weezer. Weezer in, Weezer. in Hamburg. Cool, yeah. very That's, cool. Uh, That's pretty crazy. You guys big Weezer fans? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Big <laughs> Weezer fans. Um, it's funny because I, I played a show not long ago and Rivers came, and I don't know if this is public knowledge, but he does a sort of vow of silence where he doesn't yes. speak for like a month or two. I've heard of that. And at the show, Whoa. he came to see us play. He, I don't think he was talking. So <laughs> I, I was just wondering how, how hard is that to do, like walking around for like a month or two and not speaking to anyone? Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I, I can't even do that for three seconds. I hear, I hear it's pretty liberating. I'm sure. I, I mean, just. I don't. Could yeah. you do? I don't think I could do that. I don't know. I'd I bet. For, I bet I'd like I'm to try. Down, it. Yeah. I bet for a vocalist, that's great. Yeah. I, I just. I. I feel like you could do that. 
Maybe. No. Yeah, you're a pretty quiet guy. <laughs> no. I, I, um, to be honest, it, for a it, month, it, though, a, mo- a whole month. I would month. forget. Yeah, I would forget. I mean, it's just a long time. Our, I mean, people uh, ask you a question. What do you do? Mime? I don't understand. If someone <laughs> calls you, what you kind of yeah, write yeah. Yeah. Mime to the Text phone. Them. <laughs> yeah. What, what happens? Yeah. That's when really... you can you can use the the modern day. Uh, thing where people text from across the room, right? right. Or sign language. Yeah, you yeah. can sign. Yeah. Our our, uh, <laughs> our tour manager was actually good friends with Rivers for a while, and uh, I was talking to him about it this weekend when we were over Bonnaroo, and he said that uh, it's sort of like right after the Blue Album came out, it was it was like in between the Blue Album and Pinkerton. Uh, re- when Weezer would roll up to venues, they'd put Rivers in a road case. Okay. And wheel him into the venue in a road case. Interesting. <laughs> just because he wasn't speaking and he just needed he just to be, wasn't speaking was like a bass drum or something. Yeah, exactly. Didn't want anybody like to recognize him. They'd <laughs> yeah, put him in a giant funny. road case. <laughs> well, I remember some of our band members, I think, drove home with him that night after the gig. And I just was like, what was that car ride like? You couldn't even talk to him. Like, did you not address him? Did you yeah. act like he wasn't there? I don't I don't know. But right. anyway, interesting. So so the Weezer show coming up and then festival-wise, is it Lollapalooza? Uh, Lollapalooza. Yeah. Uh, and then we play... Voodoo in October, cool. Like the Halloween weekend yeah. or whatever. And we're going, awesome. we're doing a like a six week run with uh, Bad Sons. Oh, great! Yeah. In September, awesome. and Ultra Q, and Ultra yeah. Q. Yeah, they're they're nice guys. We actually we played um, this thing called the Gathering. It's like a radio thing in Kentucky, and um, these guys came up to us and they were like, "Hey, you guys were cool, blah blah." And we're like, "Hey," and he's like, "Oh, we're from the Bad Sons." And we we already had booked this tour, and it was just a weird coincidence yeah. that they we've that's never amazing. met them. Yeah, we're looking yeah. forward to it now because we've met them. Yeah, they're nice really people. They're, yeah. And like three of them are from like the valley. They know huh. a lot you of know, our so. friends. Yeah. which is weird. That's yeah. awesome. What part of the valley are you guys from again? From like Sherman Oaks. Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I lived there for a little bit. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, nice. Next to like the Sherman Oaks Galleria. Oh, you oh, oh, yeah. you're no, down that way. It doesn't look anything like it used to. No, I heard it was. It used to be just this big box. Well, fast time, fast times at Ridgemont High. That's where the the mall was. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, shit, yeah, really? that mall in that movie. So that's what it looked like. Yeah, yeah and there's a movie theater wow. in there. Um, the valley. I mean, there's still a <laughs> fucking valley. Yeah. Yeah. Something you know what? The valley's day. like not that bad. It kind of gets a bad rap, but it's it not that does. bad. It's kind of like, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. If you like, just, of, like, it's it really cool. Yeah. I was talking about this with Sam, who's not here right now to defend himself. Yeah. But like, we were talking about it the other day, and he's, you know, this like, the sleazy fucking valley. And it's just, it's not. It's no, not. I, I feel like I have a neutral point. I'm from like, Near Culver City, okay, off of like Robertson, yeah, yeah, and um, I go to the Valley all the time. I, I actually I sp- have spent most of my high school years in the Valley, yeah, yeah. And I first of all I hate Encino. Just yeah, get well, that out of the way because <laughs> I, I very, despise like, soccer Encino. mom. Yeah, well, yeah, like right? West it's Valley's like, very different than yeah. East Valley. But yeah. since I've spent a lot of time there, I used to not like it, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel. Distaste yeah. towards it, but yeah, I get cool. why people gotta, don't yeah. like you it, and I also stay. get why people like it. Yeah. You, you got to stay in Sherman Oaks and Studio City. Yeah, Sherman Oaks and Studio City are both cool. In fact, there used to be a really big Tower Records in Sherman Oaks, and no I way. used to spend like half my waking hours just walking around there buying albums. And uh, so no it wasn't. It was cool. When was that? Uh, I, I don't know. It was dude. Ago. The Tower was Records ago. was where the it was at the Galleria. No, no, it was on Ventura. It was on Ventura. Wasn't there um, a Tower Records where that? I there's don't a Tower think Records so. in Hollywood. It was it was That's on the corner there, in Ventura yeah. and one of those streets. I don't know if it was like. Was Sherman it where or... Freak Beat was? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. No. But but I, I mean, it just meaning like it was. It wasn't. I don't. You know, if it gets a bad rap, it shouldn't because yeah. it's, it's a cool yeah. spot. But yeah. it's also pretty cool. By the way, I should mention that uh, the video of Toro has about a million views, which is incredible. Um, and pretty. I mean, I just it's got to be pretty impressive to you guys and and. You have to be a little bit proud when you see that there's a million streams and some, you know, sold and some of these songs. So, congrats on all that stuff, guys. Thank you. Thank it's super you. exciting. I'm, I'm excited to see you guys live. When's the next show in LA? Is there a show in LA coming? Yeah, out? we have a show uh, July 19th with Kim and the Created. Cool. And then we have a sh- we play Echo Park Rising okay, in great. August. Awesome. So, Holy shit! It's an it's Wait, crazy. We are the playing last, Echo Park Rising? The yeah. last time we played Echo Park Rising, the day we played, our Toro came out. Yeah. Oh, and wow. now it's already yeah, back yeah. around, yeah. Yeah. which is yeah. wacky. Yeah, it's cool. weird it's stuff. You should all download the EP and check out the new album that's coming out. See these guys live. 
It's been a pleasure hanging with you guys. I'm excited to come see you guys. Shout out to Shaq for also making it happen. I ran into him at the gym and I was like, I got to have you guys on the show (laughs) Um, because he's at Equinox like every day. Yeah, yeah. I see him a lot. So, yeah, awesome, guys. Well, check it out. Lily with two eyes and on social media at Lily the Band. Yep. Yep. Lily the Band. Any other other tags or Uh, official? Sites or anything? Watch uh, The Breakfast. Yeah, watch City Valley. We, That's on we, Apple Music. It's yeah. on Apple Music well, it's and on, now it's YouTube. It's everywhere now. It's on YouTube. Yeah, we Bevo. filmed. Cool. Yeah. Filmed the whole breakfast thing, so it's on YouTube. Awesome. Now. These yeah. guys are going to be big, so check them out. <laughs> Lily the Band. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, All right, man. guys. Thanks. Yeah. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. In Lauren Lake's courtroom, there is no nonsense. Just results. Mr. Jackson, you are the father. <laughs> Live it, own it, be it. You see it? Listen to Lauren Lake's Paternity Court on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Selwyn. You may remember me as a host from ESPN, Attack of the Show, or even immortalized that competitive taxidermy show on AMC. We lasted one episode. Anyway, three times a week, I'm bringing you the realest fake news of the day. It's the Saturday Night Live News Desk, but in an audible format. Listen to the Audio Up News Network on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. y'all i'm uncle drank star of the ballad of uncle drank it is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me fictional golf and western country music pioneer uncle drank the series also stars luke wilson brian kelly chelsea lynn kinky friedman and billy zane as a talking blender named blendy you can find the ballad of uncle drank on sirius xm pandora stitcher or wherever you get your podcast 